0: Welcome to Pop on Leadership, a conversation with two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and the world of pop culture. So we decided to combine the two. I'm Kara Kirby. And I'm Virginia Martinez. We work with organizations all over the world to inspire
1: and implement people first practices. We're here to talk about navigating the workplace and we do it through the lens of great television. In this bonus episode, it's actually part of a bonus series on the shows we love that you all recommended we talk about, but we can't really talk about. It's a three-part series, and this is episode one. Hi, everybody. This is a special bonus episode of Pop On Leadership. Why is it a bonus? Well, as you know, we've been dedicating most of our podcast to Ted Lassa. We've done a couple of other bonus episodes here and there, like the bear. But one thing that has often come up is folks like you, listeners who we love, send us your ideas. You will say, hey, why don't you talk about this show or that show? And we want you to know that we take it into serious consideration. And Kara, don't we believe in closing a feedback loop?
0: We believe in closing a feedback loop. So
1: this episode is closing the feedback loop where we tell you, (laughs) hey, we took your idea into consideration. We love it. However, (laughs) so this whole episode is dedicated to um, some of the shows that have been suggested to us shows that we absolutely adore, but don't quite translate to the type of show we're trying to do where we pull out lessons around organizational design and leadership development.
0: Kara, anything to add? I would just say that I'm really excited to talk about these shows because I would love to talk about them all the time. Yeah. It's just they don't work <laughs> with what we're trying to get across. <laughs> they're kind of like the opposite of Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, t- but
1: you know, we love TV. So, yes, like any excuse to talk about TV, we're also here for it, which is why it's a bonus episode.
0: And I would say too that there is, Sometimes if you allow yourself to focus on the negative, that your brain will go there. So for example, like anytime I'm doing a session, I always ask people to think about their best bosses, because if I have people talk about the worst boss that they've ever had, it puts you into this this like mental state where you're thinking about all of the trauma and all of the ick that happened whenever you were in that situation. So there are so many shows out there with terrible bosses because they're entertaining. We'll talk about this during this episode too, about why we love this stuff, right? Like it kind of goes back to the Devil Wears Prada. We love watching shitty bosses and you can learn from them but we but we want to focus more on the positive examples cuz there's not as much of that out there. All right.
1: These shows are in no particular order, literally. <laughs> no, truly. They're not even in alphabetical order or in order that they were suggested. They're truly random so without further ado the first show that many of you thank you for the drum roll my cat wow yeah,
0: i felt it felt necessary wow
1: sound effects yeah <laughs> taking it up a notch very early on pam who we adore was like you're not going to do something cheesy with sound effects are you we are like no 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 but here we are
0: Mm-mm.
1: all right without further ado the first one that was um highly recommended to us to unpack on the podcast was severance which is on apple tv so severance is called a psychological thriller or suspense drama. sometimes it's referred to as sci-fi basically what it is is people agree to be part of this severance program where your non-work memories are separated from your work memories. Basically, you become two separate people, one at work and one outside of work, and each version does not know about the other. They refer to them as innies and outies. They are living completely different (laughs) lives. Different personalities. The villainous company is called Lumen Industries. Um, and so season one unfolds where Mark, the main character played by Adam Scott, is sort of starting to unravel some conspiracy theories. But it's really hard to crack this case because as soon as you enter the elevator at the end of the day, your memory is wiped. So obviously very interesting. Um, there's also a lot of delightful. You didn't watch this actually, Kara, right?
0: Mm-mm. Okay. I did not. I could not get into
1: it. Why could you not get into it? Tell me.
0: I don't know. I just. It was just. I just couldn't get into it. I didn't like the concept. Everyone told me to watch it, and my husband was yelling at me for not watching it, and I just couldn't. I. I don't know. It's I just creepy. Couldn't get into it. It's creepy. It creeped me yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's
1: a little creepy. Um. It's very. It's meant to feel very dystopian. You know, this like George mm. Orwell, big brother, you know, you're having your behaviors and thoughts repressed. Every, you're being surveilled at all times. But then you're like, is this dystopian or is this real?
0: <laughs> so like, it's creepy for sure. Is this the goal of capitalism? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So like, it, it definitely makes you think and leaves you a little depressed. It's um, they do insert some comic relief with like, Irving and Burt Goodman, who are played by John Turturro and Christopher Walken. And you see their little love story unfold, which is kind of cute, but it's also weird because this whole company's weird and you have to walk three miles through these hallways to find each other. It's very bizarre. Um, And then Mark's brother-in-law is like a real funny character who writes a book. But all that to say, here's why we, we could not we love it, or I love. I liked it. I should say I liked it. I liked it a lot. Kara did not.
0: That's the first reason I like... would have gotten over the hump if you would have asked me to. If you no. were, if you would have been like, "There's some great content here," I would have gotten into it. But but that's the thing. Argument. No, but that's the thing. I didn't think there was a lot for us
1: to unpack. But the first reason we really would make it tough for us to do it is that both of us did not watch it. That is a very logistical constraint. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other thing is that it's entertaining as a psychological sci-fi thriller, but there's, it's obviously bad. There's really nothing redeeming about it, you know? And, and even when they try to say it's a satire, it doesn't feel that way. So you're just creeped out the whole time. And if there was any message to unpack, it would be something around, like, when people have different personalities in and outside of work and how does that show up mm. and and do you hide who you are when you're in the office and vice versa? And I think that could have been interesting, but that might've been the only thing really that we could have dug into, I think.
0: Yeah. There's some, I mean, there's some interesting, There, that's usually a, an idea that can be polarizing to people, whether you show up to work as your authentic self. I think that that idea, um, I mean, I think people should, right? Cause I'm like very, I I am for radical authenticity, but I, I think that now the world, the world of work is moving in such a way where work is not supposed to be your entire identity. So it's okay to go and do a job and just do the job and then go back home. Whereas with our generation, it was kind of like selling this idea of work as a family. So you come and be your whole self, and you're like doing work as a family. And I think we're, that I, that idea is losing its luster a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the we tend to wrap up our value in our productivity and wrap up our identity with what we do as a job. You know, the word you've brought this up, I think, the, best. the word career is still relatively new to mm-hmm. our lexicon. Like the fact that we, you know, talk about ourselves as in, in this term careers. Um, so I agree. I think we need to sort of, you know, not be so intertwined our identity with what we produce, right? We, we have value in other ways. I will also say This notion, I'm with you. I wish everyone could show up as their authentic selves everywhere. But what's implied is that you're going to be accepted and you're going to feel safe Mm. doing that. And the reality is that's really easier said than done. Like some people have no problem showing up as their authentic self because they're not going, they're not othered. They're part of the norm. Mm. They're safe. They're not going to get punished for others who are more, more underrepresented or marginalized, that can be really dangerous to show up as your authentic self. You put yourself at risk.
0: So, yeah. 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 I, I know there's so many different perspectives to it. And I I will say though, that I think that it is, it takes a great deal of energy to change yourself, to be in that work environment. So to go in and have a professional mask. And I also think the downside of that is, is that if you are not showing up as your authentic self, it's really hard to authentically, to be an authentic leader, which is very important because if I have somebody and we're working together and I feel like I'm just talking to a robot, then I'm not gonna be motivated to do anything. Like I, you, I think you have to have human connection at work, and I would argue that you really can't get to human connection unless people are being vulnerable and being authentic with each other. So there's this this sweet spot. I don't think we've figured out where we can let people come and just let their freak flag fly. That's what we used to say at, at our old job, but but also not make it so that work is your complete identity, and um, that's that's really hard to do.
1: Yeah. And, I, and I, I guess my only thing is like, yes, all of that. And that requires psychological safety.
0: Oh, that requires the uh, a workplace and leaders that actually get it and know what they're doing so that they can create that environment, which that's few and far between. Because I did. I've worked in those. I, I My last company was like that. I know I talk about them all the time, but everybody showed up and they were like free. They could just like be goofy or they could be serious. Like everybody was accepted. And I think it was one of the main reasons why that company was so successful was because everybody knew how to create that environment. But there's an art and skill to being able to do that, that I don't think a lot of companies have figured out yet.
1: Yeah. What um, in the cases where maybe people are just wrapping themselves up in their job, in their career, their identity is Mm. so different. What advice would we be able to give people to start separating or detaching a little bit? cuz it's tough i mean i hear what you're saying it's one thing to show up as your authentic self but the other the flip side is when you bring work home and that stress mm-hmm. that's not great
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I got to a point where all my friends were my work friends. It was like the only thing I thought of when I woke up in the morning, the only thing I thought of before I was going to sleep at night, like, like sometimes when everything is so enmeshed, it's not your healthiest self either. So there's, that's why I'm saying it's like such a fine line of like, not getting your entire identity wrapped up inside of your work. Um, so let me, yeah, like advice that if you're doing that, let me think on that. Let me hear your answer first and then let me come up with a, with a better response to this. Yeah.
1: I, I guess it's tricky. It is tricky. And and we're always like, Oh, we don't have advice. And then we give advice. But um, <laughs> I remember I worked for a place that was just like, had a very, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like a very, like we are family, rah, 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 culture. Everyone, like everyone's their friends were their coworkers. Everyone hung out on the, it was just like, um, yeah. Yeah. People were just really enmeshed. Um, The challenge with that, though, is then when you don't get the promotion you want, or you don't get the job opportunity you want, or there's layoffs. Mm -hmm. It's hard to remind yourself that you are working for a business, that you are an employee. You are, you know, and at the end of the day, as hard as it might be someone might have to make a business decision about you that you now just crushes your soul. And so I saw that happen over and over again. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then my coworkers would always say, it's like, Oh, this company is like that bad boyfriend that like, you just keep going back to, and you know, you shouldn't be with. And they're like this toxic boyfriend that like tells you they love you. And then like, I'm like, No, this company is not that boyfriend. First of all, you are not like this company is the guy that you're like, oh, let me introduce you to my boyfriend. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize you thought we were dating. This is awkward. (laughs) Oh, geez. That's so true. Oh, shoot. I thought we were just having fun together. You thought
0: thought we were, you thought we were a thing.
1: (laughs) Ooh, awkward. Yeah. Whoa, cool. Okay. That's like, once people can sort of understand that, like if you want to have fun with this company and get what you want out of it, great. But if you are now treating it like a relationship, treating the company as a relationship, and have the same level of expectations you would from
0: another human, you will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like I see some people that are in such terrible situations and they're like, oh, well, this company did so much for me. You know, like I could never leave them. I'm so loyal. I'm, you're right. It's like, no, this isn't a person. This is a this is a business. Um, okay. I I think I had to take a pause on that because I have so much to say on this topic that I don't want to bore people to tears. I'm like, what's the most important thing I would say? Um, I, I would say that you are your career. It's not the company. And yeah, and you are your business. So like in every job that you're in, it's it's looking at the resources that are available to you. Like, how can I learn as much as possible? Mm-hmm. How can I get to the positions as much as possible? How can I add as much to my resume and know that this could change at any time? But me as a person, I am my career and I am my trajectory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a as a system to collect as much as possible, add it to my resume. Maybe I grow here, but if I need my options opened, I've developed myself here so that I can go to other places. Like it really is. Like if you see that you're just so attached, like reminding yourself, like it's kind of like with mindfulness. Is like if you ever get stressed out, is to look at the stars and realize that you're just a speck. You know, <laughs> like this company is your whole world, but there's thousands of companies that are out there and there's Mm -hmm. really great companies that are out there. You have so many options. Mm -hmm. So keep collecting what you can collect, network your ass off, build your thought leadership and remind yourself that you are your career. Mm -hmm.
1: No, that's great. Yeah. I tell people this, this sort of like, weird, like, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so lucky to have a job. Like, sure, there are moments in our life that that's a valid feeling. I'm not going to downplay that. Sure. However, wherever you go, you should have an idea of like, what do I want to get out of this place? It's a give and take. Mm -hmm. And what are you taking? What are you? And like, so I know that feels Weird, but it's not. It is a it's a give and take. It's a
0: transaction. I know people that don't like- That company that company would take every hour of your day to exactly.
1: you give it to them. <laughs> so what am I going to take away from here? What do I want? What do I what can this place give me? And that you know, everything that Kara said. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Severance. Severance. Think about the concept, maybe. <laughs> you're no. watch that show. Tell us what you think. You don't need. You don't need to do brain surgery. You just need to like tweak a few things if you're feeling uh, like yeah. you, you need something. <laughs> but they're not in the same business as us. They're they're in
1: entertainment. So we'll we'll leave it be. <laughs> the next one. The Office. The Office has. This been, is number two. Yeah, I think maybe so, number too. three.
0: Yeah. yeah. People, people, ask, people tell us to do this all the time.
1: All right. It's beloved. It is a national treasure. It <laughs> is, um, I don't mean this to say like it's old, it is a cultural artifact that gives you a window into time. It is delightful. It's evergreen, whereas Friends hasn't aged well, The Office has. (laughs) Yes, I literally started watching season one again on an airplane. I was like, this holds up. This holds up great. And that's, you know, (laughs) it's almost 20 years old. So all that to say, I mean, I... At this point, I think everyone's familiar with the Office, but just in case you're not, it's about a paper company called Dunder Mifflin, based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, the BBC actually did the original version, so the U.S. version is based on that. Um, Steve Carell already had a career; he was on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, but this like made him a household name. It like blew Ugh. up his career. Um, one thing that I love—I mean. There's so many great characters. Um, Mindy Kaling's career blew up after this. You know, she's so funny. She ended up writing and directing a lot. Um, But it's just, it's a lot. How, what, what is there left to say about The Office?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's why we can't do it. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful show. And, but yeah, it would take a long time to, it's like eight plus to go, years. Like scene by scene. I do say, I do think it's really interesting that it has held up and that, you know, what's you see on TikTok and a lot of social media is that there, there'll be these videos of like, these workplace dynamics and they go really viral because people have a shared experience mm-hmm. and it's and I and I would suspect the reason why the office has held up is because people are still having those shared experiences which makes you think that the world of work has not progressed very far oh, yeah. that people are still having the same issues and the same experiences at work yeah. with their bosses and with their co-workers which is
1: wild. 100% yeah so how we can't like read recap eight plus years of TV that easily or succinctly. Um, And yes, these things are still happening because in that first season, one of the very early episodes is their diversity and inclusion training. And it's so awkward and so cringe. That's still happening. That like inappropriate (laughs) behavior, that like quote unquote well-intentioned white man. Um, Gosh, it's so cringy, but it's still happening. And so, yeah, it, it holds up. Um, and I mean this in a loving way. It is so, so part of our culture and the ether and just out there that it's like a loving meme. It's become memeified, right? So there's really not much yeah. we can pull out. Um, it's hilarious. It does a great job representing different types of personalities in the workplace. But it's all been covered. <laughs> Poor God it's just sorry y'all yeah the office yeah yeah the only the the one last thing i'll just say about the office is toby's character who's hr i was like wow that's really true people really do hate hr
0: (laughs) oh they hate hr so much (laughs) anytime i do a tiktok video even if it's not about hr related things people are like hr's the devil i'm like all right sorry 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 you had such a bad experience.
1: I had coworkers who were on the HR team and they all had um, stickers on their laptop that said, I love Toby. <laughs> so they, they found it funny. They took it in stride. Um, all right. That wraps up our first episode in our three part mini series on shows we love, but can't talk about. Join us for part two, where we talk about the shows that were recommended the most by our listeners. See you then. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez who helped make this crazy...